everybody. Welcome to the No Pants Required Podcast. I'm your host, Jen Mann, and today I am wearing the same pants I wore yesterday. Don't judge me. Today, my guest is Deva Del Porto. Deva Del Porto is the creator of My Life Suckers. She has created dozens of viral parodies and funny sketch videos for moms and kids. Her parodies and viral videos have garnered over 300 million views across platforms and have been featured on The Today Show, Good Morning America, CNN, ABC, NBC, Fox News, and more. You can find everything she does on YouTube. Hi, David Del Porto. Welcome to No Pants Required Podcast with Jen Mann. I am so happy you are here. David is a blogger, an influencer, a YouTube star. So my kids are not easily impressed by anything I do. But a few years ago, we were all in New York and David was in New York at the same time. And it just happened to be that we could like go. She was really close by at this hotel and we could go over and see her. And my kids were like, the YouTube lady? And I was like, yes, the YouTube lady is here. And they were like, oh my gosh. And so we went over and saw Deva. And I still remember you bought my kids ice cream and it was like the middle of the day and there was no reason like we should be having ice cream. still talk about it. So you give me cred. So thank you, Deva. Thanks for coming on my podcast. And thank you for buying my children ice cream so that now they think I'm kind of cool. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. And I have to say, I felt the same way about meeting you in New York that day. I was like, I can't believe she's coming all the way over here because in my mind, you are the person who gives me cred because you're the best-selling author, this amazing blogger, this viral goddess. So. Uh, well, well, thank you. I, I'll go anywhere where ice cream's involved. So, you know, you invite me for ice cream, I'm there. It, it, was, it wasn't that hard to get me over there. So let's, yeah, so let's talk about why my kids are so impressed with you. Because it is because of one particular video that we watched a few years ago called, What Do the Kids Say? Is that right? Is that, do I have That's that right? Kids Say. Yep. Yes. And so Deva, for those of you who don't know, Deva makes parodies. So tell us all about that. Because I feel like that was sort of like what pushed you, like right? Isn't that sort of what kind of brought you into all of this, into this whole world? Oh, yes. Yeah, I had done. I was a writer for Nickelodeon for their parenting website. And I wrote funny articles about snot and breastfeeding. (laughs) But yeah, I got sick with Hashimoto's, which is an autoimmune disorder. And I had to go on leave from my job at Nickelodeon, which I loved. And I was really, really depressed. And my husband bought me a video camera while I was on leave from my job to cheer me up. And I was like, screw you. What is this thing? I don't want the pressure of having to, what are you doing to me? And he was like, remember your dream? You wanted to be an actress when we first met. And I was like, so the video camera sat in the corner for a very long time. And then one day we were at the park. My kids were very little at the time. And that song, The Fox, was going viral. What does the fox say? Yeah. Ding, 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 ding. Exactly. You're welcome. Now that's stuck in your head all day. (laughs) You're welcome, everyone. And I just had this idea, what does the kid say? And all the irritating things that kids say, like, wipe me, wipe me, wipe my butt. Where's my shoes? Where's my, where's my, where's my shoes? 
And so I ran home. I literally locked myself in my closet to get two seconds of peace. And I wrote the lyrics to this thing. And I invited over my best friends, the Haggerty's, and Gabe, my husband, and we shot this ridiculous video just for fun, never intending for anyone to see it. And (laughs) taught ourselves how to edit by watching YouTube videos and popped it on YouTube just so our friends and family, his family in West Virginia could see it. And it went viral, which as you know, is quite an experience. So how, like, how did it go viral? Just organically? Did someone big share it? Did it get out on the Yahoo front page? Like, and what year are we talking? When was, this was like 2012, maybe? When was this? 2013. 2013. So, so back before TikTok and all that, before you, you know, nobody. Facebook video. Yeah. Yeah. So how did it go viral? That's a really good question. So a friend of mine sent it to Pop Sugar Moms, or at the time, maybe it was just Pop Sugar. There was probably no Pop Sugar Moms. Yeah. I think they were just Pop Sugar back then. They were just Pop Sugar and they posted it. And then Alana Shorts, Alana (laughs) Shorts, Alana Wiles from Mommy Shorts. Right. Right. Okay. And yeah. And then I guess it just got into the blogger. I don't know. I didn't even know that world. It started getting shared like crazy. I think it got, it got millions of views in the first day. It was nuts. I think my family was responsible for 10,000 of those views. So (laughs) I guess, I guess we, I guess we did earn our ice cream, but um, (laughs) it was just, I still remember, and I can't remember if it was a mom who showed me or the kids who showed me, because I feel like this was one that like, my kids are a little bit, they're a little bit older than your kids. Not much. Like my young, I think my youngest and your oldest are about the same age. And yeah. and I want to say it was my oldest son, because at that point he would have been like, you know, looking at YouTube stuff and things like that. And I want to say that it was like, I think it was him who showed it to me. And he was like, mom, this is because that song, that Fox song was so popular and everybody was, was singing. And then he said, mom, this lady kind of like, I think it was like, because normally what he does is he'll say, this lady reminds me of you. You guys should be friends. Like, you know, like in a lame way, like basically like she's just as lame as you are kind of thing, you know? And we are. So, I love that he matchmaked us. Yes. He, he's a very good matchmaker. He's, he's picked out fabulous friends for me over the years. He's like, she seems like your type. I'm like, she does hold my purse. I'll be right back. You know? So, so yeah, but I remember watching that and just, because to me, like, I mean, you know, we, I wrote for Nick moms too. And like, we all used to make these funny lists and, you know, it's like, you, you know, you can do that, but to sit there and think about like, like music to me is almost like math. Like I always like my brain shuts down when I, when I, it's time to do math, you know? And I'm like, unless it's maybe it's a word problem, but even then, but it's like music, I can't, I can't hear that. Like, like how you, how do you hear these songs and then think like, oh, I can write a parody. Cause that, that was just the first of many, like how many have you written now? Do you think, do you know? I don't even know. There's hundreds and hundreds of videos now, but some of them are sketch videos. I don't know what the impulse to put it to music was, but I've always, I was like a theater kid. You know, I wanted to be an actress. I sang at Carnegie Hall when I was a teenager. Let's put that on the resume. Uh, hello. <laughs> what? You've been yeah. holding out on us. Okay. Oh, I actually even sang on an album as a child. And I'm so old now that I can't, I can't remember. Jen, I can't remember his name. Oh, Stevie Wonder. Oh, yeah. He's a big one. That's a name that you would know. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
Do you feel like your brain is just gone? I mean, I feel like my brain, I, I blame children. I blame the kids. I just feel like the constant interruptions over the past decade and a half have just made me unable to form a thought. Oh, I know. I know. I know. Well, see, and I think that's why I'm like so impressed that you can actually like hear these songs and then like write lyrics to go with it that are funny and make sense. Like, you know, it's like, I'm just, I'm always impressed with people who, who can write stuff that like, I can't write, you know, like, I think like, I'm a pretty funny person. But then I listen to the music that you write. And I remember one time, one time I heard a song, and I thought, Oh, oh, and I just all I had was the hook, like, that's all I had was for it. And I sent it to you. And I was like, Dava, you should do this. And you were like, I did it two weeks ago. (laughs) I was like, Oh, I was like, well, I was kind of ready. Well, I feel the same way about writing a whole book. I mean, I've thought about it a million times and sat down and then I cap out at like 250 words. And I'm like, how does anyone do this? We all we all have our strengths, you know. So I want to know a little bit more about. So after you went viral and after this sort of this, you're kind of, and like you said, I mean, you're just sort of thrust into this like spotlight, whether you want it or not, it's there. Did you want it? Did you want to be there? You wanted to be an actress. Here it is. An actress. That's true. God, moment of truth with Jen, man. Hey man, I ask the tough questions here. You you really do. (laughs) Barbara Walters. I, I didn't want it in the sense of being like a YouTuber or an influencer. That didn't even exist back then. 2013, there was no such thing as an influencer. In fact, I feel like I was having all this success and no one knew what to do with me, right? Like, I don't know. Can you monetize this? I don't know what's going on here. Yes, I wanted to. I knew from the time I was before I can even remember, two, three, preschool, that I wanted to perform, that I had to perform, that it was my thing that made me feel most alive on this planet and the thing that I wanted to do with my life. That said, I had moved to LA. I had tried to do the whole acting thing. I had failed spectacularly. I'd been told no more times than you can count. I was told I wasn't pretty enough while I was still standing in the room. I mean, it was brutal. And by the time the videos happen and my life suckers happen, I was in a very low place. And I had actually just talked to my therapist about, you know, I think my dream for my life is not going to happen. And she kind of agreed and said, I think it's time to mourn it and move forward. And that kind of pissed me off. Right? That's tough. Wow. Yeah, it was tough. And I was like, wait a minute. I don't, and I just remember in the weeks before my first video being very tortured about it all. And I was also getting older. I was in my late 30s and I was like, this is never going to happen for me. And then I kind of, I guess it kind of happened in this crazy, unexpected way. So, in a way, yes, it fulfilled those dreams of mine and gave me a platform and let me feel like I, I, did what I was supposed to do on this planet. So not that I'm saying I'm done and want to leave now. (laughs) Well, okay. So that, so what did you do after that? So you go viral, you have this viral hit on YouTube. Then what do you do? Viral hit on YouTube, have no idea. Now what? I was the first mom doing this. There was no playbook. I didn't know about other YouTubers. Had I known then what I know now, I would have hit the ground running, made a video a week, blah, 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 blah. No idea. So 
I made a website Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then we named it. And my husband was like, well, let's call it daily Deva. And I was like, oh my God, that's so cheesy. No. And I was like, I call my kids my life suckers because they suck the life out of me. Let's call it my life suckers. Ha ha ha. And then (laughs) that stuck. So now recently my kids were like, we don't like the name. And I was like, I don't really like it anymore either. At the time it really was true. Well, they Let's be honest here, right? Teenagers still sucking the life out of you. Just I mean, this is a podcast for middle-aged women. They're not going to listen. They're never going to hear this, so it's fine. <laughs> so, start your own. Start your own podcast, kids. You can complain about us. <laughs> exactly. You put in the work. You can complain about us. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I made another video a few months later. The Let It Go Mom parody. And that went even bigger. So that one, I could tell you how it went far. It was on People Magazine. I mean, it was everywhere. It was all over the press, all over the news. And every time I put a video out, they just went viral. But it, you know, it was every six weeks or two months or something. And it was it was crazy. Hold on. So okay. So I wanted I want to talk about that. So as a person who has also gone viral before several times, it's like people are just like, well, and then you know, and then they just went viral because everything you do just goes viral. And that's not true. Like, right. And I feel like I've been to Deva's house before many times now. And when I go there, Deva always wants to do a video together. In fact, I think probably you're probably the first person I ever did video with because I'm like, I'm a writer. I don't show my face. Yes, I remember. I was like, people critique my writing. I don't need to hear about my hair or my clothes. In fact, my husband just made me change my shirt before we did this because I I had some sort of design on it and it looked like I had spilled on myself. (laughs) The way it was like leaking breast milk. Let's let's be honest. Let's be honest. Yeah, I looked like the only 49 year old woman still leaking breast milk. And so it looked like it was all over the front of my shirt. And he was like, you need to change your clothes. But it was like, that's like the kind of criticism I didn't want. And so I did a video with you. And I remember we were just going to do, and, and David was like, we're just going to do this real quick little, like, you know, little interview, little talk. We'll just, you know, ask you some questions. I'll be great. Oh my God. The amount of work that went into that, like yeah. the light kit, she had a professional photographer there doing the camera, like, you know, there's like a boom over my head. And I was like, where, I'm like, where's this going? Like, you know, <laughs> like AMC, you know, and she's just like my YouTube channel. And that's the thing, like, I think you go viral because your your production levels are so much higher than so many other people. It's not it's it's also like the content that you put out, but it's the skill behind it too. Like you're not just you're not just throwing something up on the web and hoping it sticks. Like you're really putting a lot of thought and effort into it. Would you wouldn't you say? Yeah, the videos, I mean the parodies take me a week solid to produce one between, you know, creating the music, singing the song and writing it, recording it, editing it. But it's funny, the first video we did, you know, it's just a tripod and this funky old camera. And I remember thinking, why do other people's videos look really, they pop and they look really juicy and mine's really dull looking. And I didn't realize at the time it was the camera quality. But you know, a lot of the videos I've just selfie shot, let it go, all of those original. I only got a camera guy a year in when I was approached by my first sponsor. And I was like, oh, geez, I got to up this game right now. Right. So I would say less than the quality. And and I do love that, like our quality got elevated. And um, we. I feel like we did some really fun things like the look what you made me do video. I love the quality of that video. 
or my Adele parody, we did in like a sepia tone to match the original. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I think that what makes it go viral and what makes you go viral as well is is really the content and resonating and people seeing something and going, oh my God, that's so my life. I feel that. Mm -hmm. I I totally relate to this and I want to share it. And I think you and I both had in common is that early on we were kind of dropping truth bombs, right? And speaking- where no one else was yet. Right. And speaking the truth about like, oh yeah, I love my children, but this is also really, really brutal and hard and it's sucking the life out of me. Yeah. Well, because that's the thing, because like every other blog, you know, the fact that your husband wanted to call it Daily Deva or whatever, Deva's Dailies or whatever. It's like, that was that was what every blog, you know, I remember I was like, what was I, what am I going to be like, you know? Well, it's kind of funny though, in my new book, I do have Jen's Gems because I was like, I needed something, but I was like, what am I going to do? Like, what am I going to call my blog? Like, you know, you know, jotting, jotting Jen, like what? It, and I was like, no, people don't punch in their own pocket. We're going that way. <laughs> you, know? And so, you know, and I think that was the other reason why I was really drawn to you because yeah, back then, like, and that was also kind of the secret to the sauce of going viral too, though, was because we were saying things that people weren't saying yeah. yet. And, and that helped tremendously, I think. But I do think even now to this day, now you have a lot of, pe- you have a lot of people saying the truth and kind of really sharing their, their vulnerable side. And one of the things I also wanted to ask you about is there was a blog post. So not only can you do video, you're also a great writer. And I had, there was a blog post that you wrote a few years ago. And I had always been someone who was truthful about like the, 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 bad stuff, like the, 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 the shit of raising kids and that kind of thing. But you were like super vulnerable in this post and it was about finding friends and how lonely you were. And I read that. And as your friend, I felt bad because I'm like, God, I'm a terrible friend, but like we live literally on, you know, opposite ends of the country. So it's not like I can stop by and be like, Dave, let's get ice cream. But you know, but it's like, but I think that's the thing, like so many of us, like our friends, for me, especially my friends, a lot of them live in the internet, like they live elsewhere. And, and so I don't have a lot of like IRL friends. <laughs> and so I wonder, like, did you, when you wrote that, were you nervous about posting that? Cause it was very different than what you normally do. Yeah. I feel like, you know, everyone expects the silly slapstick comedy from me, you know, having my kids spill stuff all over me and har 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 dancing in my yoga pants. But yeah, I I guess when I have posted things that are more, you know, from my my heart and gut, not that the other things aren't from my heart, but just in a in a different way, I think I'm always nervous to post any of them. The one I was most nervous to post is when the Me Too movement was kicking off. And I posted admitting something that had happened to me in that regard. And I was, I was terrified to post that post, but I felt like I had to say me too, right? (laughs) It's happened to so many of us, but the loneliness, I think that my husband was working. I was living in California. My husband was working in North Carolina. I had two little children who, you know, were great. And you were constantly busy with them, but you couldn't have a conversation with them. Mm -hmm. And I just felt so deeply lonely and isolated. And because of the little kids, it's not like I could get out and go meet people or do anything. I mean, I met my first 
friend by basically stalking her, seeing her on the playground and being like, you will be my friend. (laughs) But you seem like my type. (laughs) Yeah. I I like what I see here. I liked her kids' outfits. And I was like, okay, I'm your friend and you're stuck with me forever. And she's still stuck with me. But um, motherhood is a very isolating, lonely gig. I agree a hundred percent. And then when you add in the fact that we are, do you think you're an introvert? It's weird. I kind of feel like you're an introvert, even though you get up on stage and in front of the camera. I'm a total introvert. In fact, my son and I left the house yesterday and I turned to him. I said, this is the first time we've left the house in six days. Cause he's just like me. He will just be completely happy. Whereas my husband and my daughter, they need to like do things and see people. And no, I'm, I am a total introvert. And I don't think I understood that about myself because of what you're saying, right? I love to perform, but think about it. When I'm doing that, it's just me and the camera. There's no people there. Right, (laughs) right. Well, okay, so let's talk about that though. So that's my problem. I'm, I'm also an introvert, but I really like to get up in front of people. Like I need to hear them laugh and I need to interact with them. Like I can go get on stage and and entertain you and and make you laugh and I need that and I need to hear that. And when COVID hit and everything moved to Zoom, to stand in front of a camera and try to like, you know, perform or whatever for people, I was like, because I would would get all these gigs from people, you know, different groups because they're all shut in too. And so they're looking for entertainment. And so they're like, make us laugh. How in the, oh my God, like I had to stand there in front of the camera and I would, and they would turn off their sound, of course, you know, cause they're like, oh, well, we don't want to interrupt you. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, yeah. so I'm just sort of standing there like, Hey everybody, how's it going? <laughs> you know? And I felt so stupid. I could not do yeah. that. And, and I thought, okay, I can embrace the, stupid. embrace the stupid. I mean, I feel like when things get the best in my videos is after eight hours of shooting, when we're all like losing our minds, everyone's exhausted. And then you just get stupider and stupider and stupider. And when you make yourself laugh, that's when you know it's good. <laughs> when I'm just standing in a room by myself laughing, then I know I'm doing great. Okay, well, I will do that because it looks like we're going back into Zooms again. And I'm just like, man, this is tough. And and it's really hard because they're just like, well, everyone's really sad. So, you know, make us laugh. And I'm like, cool. Let me just, let me just whip something up real fast. And so for me, it actually, I think it's become harder and harder as things have become more and more serious over the past year or so to laugh and make people laugh and to say, oh, join our Zoom and make us all laugh, you know, when people are dying and there's so much political strife and it's just climate change. It's been, it's been rough. It's been, it has been a year, that's for sure. And I just, and I feel a lot of pressure to sort of walk that line. Are you feeling that pressure to walk the line of like, you know, we have these platforms and you have people following you for a certain reason, but then you're sort of like, well, but if I could slip a little something in there, I might slip it in. You're pretty good about staying on brand. Do do you think... Yeah, I feel like I've I've stayed on brand and I tried to, I, I had a commitment to not being political from mm-hmm. the very beginning. Yep. That became more and more difficult and I finally did start sharing my feelings on a few things that I'm really passionate about. But it's always, a, you know, it is a calculation. You see that people like I I came here for the mom jokes. I don't want to hear your opinion on this or that, but right. you're like parenting is this or that, right? It's all of it. And so like you say that we have the funny videos, but I also have the 
real posts about. I mean, that me too thing that you really waded into something on that one when you wrote about me too. Did you get a lot of backlash? No, I actually was amazed by the response to that. The support was huge. And friends of mine that, you know, IRL friends that I didn't realize like even saw my posts or read my blog reached out. Yeah, I was really that the it was terrifying. But in the end, I think it was worth it to post it because of the response and that I think it gives other people courage to speak out when you Mm -hmm. have the courage to speak out. So and does it feel like for me, sometimes it feels even cathartic to sort of like get that out. And I'm like, okay, okay. like almost like what your therapist said. Okay. And now I can mourn that and move on. Like, or I can like, you know, I can pass through that and I'm done because I'm someone who has to process everything through writing. Like I have to write down how I feel about it. And some of it may never see the light of day, but if it does, then I just, I, I just have to go and just let it go. You know? I love that. Yes. In some ways, you started like a good conversation with your readers too. Like I saw in the comments section, there was a lot going on with your readers. Do you interact with them? Did you talk to any of them and sort of help them? Yeah. Well, I've always, from the very beginning, had kind of a a belief, a policy of trying to respond to as many comments as possible because I felt like if people were taking the time out of their lives to watch my stuff or read my stuff, the least I can do is, you know, respond back and thank them for everything that they've given me. Obviously, that becomes more and more difficult and in full disclosure, exhausting, right? And so I try to be very responsive to everything and to everyone. And then you would take on personal stories, right? I can't tell you how many times my followers have shared something with me and I get overly kind of personally involved or concerned and want to help and fix. And, and it just becomes difficult because there's so much of that. Right. And so Mm -hmm. at a certain point I had to say, Deva, give myself permission. You don't have to respond to every single comment or message. I try, but I think, I think that's, I think that's another kind of line that we all have to walk that you, our messages are, are just full of people who who need help, who want help, who and you want to help them and you can't help them all. And so you have to kind of figure out where your boundaries are and enforce them and <laughs> reinforce them and 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 then recharge yourself. Like how do you recharge yourself? That's the that is the thing I am struggling with this year. Like I feel like I'm empty. Yes. I, oh my gosh, you just said it. Exactly. I am right there with you. I think it's a combination. I think this career path that we have fallen into, because I feel like we don't <laughs> Which of- we are so lucky to have fallen into because it is the best career in the world. Sorry, <laughs> go on. <laughs> it's exhausting, right? It's kind of this endless social media is this endless pit that you have to feed constantly, constantly, constantly. And it's exhausting. And I've heard a lot that the number one career that teenagers want now is influencer. And I just want to be honest with them and give them the real deal, right? This is, this is not easy. Like you said, it takes a tremendous amount of work to create content constantly. Then you get the side of the comments, the criticism, all of the stuff that you were talking about. And yeah, it's exhausting layer on top of that parenting Mm -hmm. marriage, 
you know, mm-hmm. all of it and what we've lived through over the past year. Yeah. I agree with you. I feel drained and empty. Yeah. And so what are you doing to recharge? Do you, have you figured that part out yet? Well, we just got back into our house after a flood that destroyed half the house. So now I'm, so I'm in my great reset as of a week ago. And yeah, I actually really am thinking about that. And I've started trying to exercise. Mm-hmm. I was packing on pounds like... <laughs> COVID, it was COVID-80, right? That's what we all did, the COVID-80? The COVID-80. Even the dog gained weight in my house. We just got a dog. Like we didn't, we added a dog. We were like, no dogs. And then like pandemic hit, we're like, oh, dog. Like, because we thought it would be exercise. We're like, oh, we'll have to walk the dog. So thus we will all go for walks every day. Now we all fight over who has to walk the dog. Who has to walk. Yeah, the kids us and then they don't do it, of course. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, just trying to also slow down, take some time, realize it's okay to take a nap in the middle of the day, (laughs) trying to figure out a friend of mine posted on Facebook yesterday, what hobbies do you have? What do you love? And I was like, Oh, my, Um, it was me. I posted that. Did you post that? (laughs) (laughs) A really good friend of mine. (laughs) Yeah, and I really got me thinking, I don't have any hobbies. Right. I think about my husband who's like hobby galore. Like, so your husband has a lot of hobbies. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Paddle boarding, guitar, skiing, uh, race car driving. I kid you not. This guy has more hobbies. And oh my gosh. I have no hobbies. Do you have any hobbies? Well, I, what I realized is like my hobbies, I've turned, I've, I'm that, I'm that magical person that turned my hobby into like a paying gig. Like right. I love to write. I love to read. I love to talk about books. I, you know, I love to entertain people. Like, I mean, so I actually, that's why I was kind of asking people. Cause I was like, dang, like, is there anything else I could do? Like, I don't know how to knit. I used that's to craft. So when my kids were small, I used to craft and that's sort of like my dirty, dark secret was that I, instead of doing uh, you know, a humor blog, I could have done like a kick-ass DIY blog and been one of those competitive crafter moms and just made, wow. you know, we'd be knee deep in Halloween wreaths right now and stuff. And we'd be making videos on how to do that. But I, and so that used to be my sort of recharge, which I have a craft room. Like I'm in my office right now. And on the other side of this wall, right behind me is my craft room. Well, I've always been jealous of your craft room. Living in California, where we have a much smaller footprint in our homes. Yeah. I've heard about Jen's Midwest home and the fact that she has a basement and a craft room. So jealous. <laughs> so I used to go in there all the time and just like mess around and paint or glue. I mean, there's nothing better than a hot glue gun to make you feel better about your life. <laughs> so... But yeah, I was asking because I just thought, what is everyone doing? Like that's that like, and that you kind of, because I think that's the other thing I think as a mom, we kind of feel selfish. Like, you know, every time I turn around, like if I'm going to go, because the other thing I like to do, I've realized is there are a few people I do like to hang out with and, I, and they're yeah. inviting me places and I want to go places. And, you know, and my family's like, oh, where are you going? Like, what, what do are you going to do? you put on pants? Actually, this summer I'm wearing dresses with pockets because okay. it's a little breezier. But yeah, are you wearing pants right now? Uh, <laughs> we'll never tell. Are you hitting on me, Jen? <laughs> this, this podcast just got real weird real fast. Oh, there they are. <laughs> Do yoga, yoga pants, pants count as pants? That is a, a legit question. Are yoga pants real pants? A hundred percent. Like, uh, yeah. How could they not be? More- so when you say no pants required. I mean, like, 
down to the skivvies. Like, oh. what, yeah, like you don't have to, because that's the thing. You can only, like, if you're watching this, like, you can only see us from, you True. know, chest True. up. So, am I supposed to show up like that for this podcast? Well, you know, I have thought about it. When, when, when my husband sent me away to change my shirt, it was actually a dress. And so I took off the dress and I thought, oh man, I'm going to have to put on pants. And I thought, or I could just wear a shirt. That'd be hilarious. Like, <laughs> but I was like, but with my luck, I will forget and I will stand up. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. So I I put I put on another dress instead. Yeah. I once posted a photo, and this is the other downfall of a career in social media. I posted a photo. I like to show how my family never changes the toilet paper roll. And I've been doing this for years and nothing's changed in a decade. And I, I posted a roll, but I was in my underwear in the bathroom when I came upon this. So I took a picture without realizing that the chrome of the toilet paper roll holder actually took a <laughs> took a photo of everything right I, I was you did that like you know you see people go viral on like instagram for that faux pas like you know can't yeah. wait to get in my bath and they like take a picture and it like reflects back yeah. all their business you did yeah. that i missed yeah. it and it was a very kind follower who uh male or female male of course <laughs> Uh -huh. You might want to take a second look at that photo. And of course, I was like, it was bound to happen. Come on. Right? Oh, my gosh. And I think that's hilarious, David, because you run such a G-rated sp space on the internet. Like, you know. I am I, not on OnlyFans. <laughs> no, not at all. Like, when I go on lives with David, like, David's always like, remember, Jen, like, no F-bombs, no nothing. Like, yeah, keep it clean. Like, because, well, again, like, kids watch you. <laughs> Well, like you were saying, you weren't sure if it was you or your child who came across our videos at first. So initially, we made the decision after the first video went viral, and I decided, okay, maybe I'll give this a go, whatever is happening here, I'm just going to hop on this train. And we decided, my husband and I, we, I consulted with him, and we decided no curse words, no alcohol, you know, keep it clean. And we were thinking more for like our parents who would be watching, right? Oh, that's hilarious. And then it didn't dawn on me until, oh my gosh, I guess it was, it was eight months later, we were on vacation and these kids came running up to us. They recognized us. Our suburban funk, uptown funk video had just been going viral and it was on the Today Show. And Al Roker had accused me of drinking too much mommy juice to create videos like this. But I, I assure you, I was sober. <laughs> These little kids came running up and their parents had no idea who we were. And then it dawned on me and I turned to Gabe and I said, it's the kids. I never realized it was kids who were watching the videos. And at that point, I was so happy that we had left out cursing, yeah. alcohol, sexual content, all of that. Right. You can, it's harder to be funny without all that stuff. It's so easy to be funny if you've got a bottle of Chardonnay and an F-bomb, right? I tell you what, yeah, when in doubt, go straight to F-bombs and like wine jokes and you're good to go. Cause, and if you're a dad, go for the <clears throat> peen joke. I'm trying to keep it clean for Deva today too, so she can uh -huh. share this with her listeners. But yeah, no, it, I'm always impressed with anyone who can do clean humor too. Like, I'm so like, I'm like, God, I'm impressed with everybody because like, I'm just like, the lowest of the bottom of the hero of what I can do. I'm like, I just throw in F-bombs. You know, if it needs to be funnier, I'm like, just throw another, just throw another curse word in there or make up another word for vagina. People love that. Yeah. <laughs> they always think that's funny. Okay. So we've, we, we kind of have like complained a little bit about our jobs and I just want to like reassure everybody that this right. is like 
a great job. I mean, at least I think so. Do you agree with me? Like, I mean, this is the job. This is a job I've wanted since I was five years old. I didn't know. I'm kind of like you, though. I didn't know what it would look like. Yeah. I didn't. We didn't obviously know that this all this, you know, this this technology and stuff. We needed to wait for that. And I think, do you think part of your success came from being a little bit older and wiser, like that you needed those years? Yes, I'm sure. Right. And being able to make those choices, like no cursing, no alcohol, things that I, I don't have many decisions that I look back on that I regret having posted that. Right. right. And I feel like if I had been 22, oh yeah, there would have been half of my channel would have been stuff I regretted posting. <laughs> um, but I laugh because I would speak on these YouTube panels and it would be like old mommy, me, some mm-hmm. 16 year old music sensation, a 20 year old beauty vlogger, and then some gamer, you know, and I just was so much older than anyone else doing this. Right. But I think it helps with work ethic and a, a lot of great things to be older when you come into something. And also to see like, just because you're getting older doesn't mean your dreams have to die, even if your therapist tells you they do. <laughs> I hope you got a new therapist because, wow. <laughs> it's, kind of, it's like, I pay you to tell me the truth, but not that much of a truth. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> so now that we are, yeah, so here's the thing. Like, your kids are middle school, high schoolers, right? Like, yes. And I've got two high schoolers. When we first started this, our kids were young and cute and we could, you know, they were our life suckers or whatever. And now, you know, we can't really, you know, we actually will scar them now if we make fun of them. (laughs) So I try to be super careful now what I write about them and, and, but I have to find a pivot. Like, I don't know what I'm like, where am I going next kind of thing? Have you, are you at that point yet? Do you need to pivot yet? Or are you still, are you still able to like, have new, still have creative ideas that are good because I do not anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say I'm right there with you. I gave my kids veto power long ago. So they were able to say, yes, I want to be in that. Yes, you can post that. No, you can't post that. And recently someone was like, there's never any posts of your daughter. And it's like, well, she's 15. She doesn't want to be on my TikTok, right? <laughs> but I think, yes, the pivot, I kind of can't wait until I'm like really old because I can already see those videos are going to be amazing when I'm like 70, 80, not that 70 is really old, but 80, 90. I, was I know just now old. that, yeah, I'm pushing 50. So 70 sounds okay. Yeah, 70 sounds okay. Hold on. When you mean like, like what are you going to do? Are you going to be like one of those, like those fabulous, like gray haired, like silver haired oh. influencer ladies that like it all dolled up or? Well, the doll up's hard for me because I'm a terrible girl and I'm really, <laughs> as you can see, uh, for those, for those just listening, my hair is a hot mess, even though I texted Jen and said I was going to do my hair, but I'm incapable of doing my hair. So it's just like a frizzy, a frizzy bomb on the top of my head right now. <laughs> Your hair is fabulous, David. But what? So, like, what will you do as this older influencer lady? I think exactly the same thing. And I think that as you decide to pivot, just keep telling your truth and whatever that is for you in the moment, right? And right now, even doing this podcast, like, this is your truth right now in the moment to have like real conversations with real friends, you know, that are in the same place in life as you. And I feel like 
as I get there, well, I don't know yet what those truthisms are going to be when I'm 80, right? But, I, but you're I, open I, to it. I'm, I'm so excited for it. Yeah. So maybe I'll take like a 40-year hiatus and then come back. <laughs> but with your audience, they'll be waiting. Like I've never seen such a rabid eyes. Like I mean, even when you were telling your story, you're like, and then like, you know, six months later, I posted another video. Like if I went away for six months, people would be like, who are you? Where have you been? <laughs> what? Who's this crazy lady talking? No, I think that's awesome because I think that's the thing. Like rather than fighting it, I think we just have to embrace it and just kind of go where where it's going. You know, you had your let it go video. It's funny. I, I put that line in my book and my editor came back with a note and she was like, are we really going to quote Elsa? And I was like, maybe. I was like, I don't think, I said, why does it have to be Elsa's words now? Like why, you know, why do we have to, why can't we just make up this stuff? But I think that's, but I do think we have to just sort of Go where we feel our truth is. I like that, that you said that. That's perfect. I feel like in, you know, book writing, social media creation and life, right? Of just go where your heart is leading you. Speak your truth. And I think you're going to be a lot more satisfied in life. Well, I was going to ask you for advice for anybody out there who wants to be an influencer, these young women. And I think that's it. That's the advice. Follow your truth, girls. Cover, cover your butt and follow your truth. That's my advice. <laughs> of course, they sound like such an old curmudgeon, but, you know, put on some clothes and follow your truth. That's my influencer advice. Oh, well, this has been so much fun. And I think I'm going to leave it there because that is the perfect way to end this. So thank you so much, David Del Porto, for coming on today from My Life Suckers. Can you tell us where we can find you? Where can everybody see everything from you? I'm going to start with TikTok. (laughs) My newest obsession. My newest obsession. My kids are like, oh, great. You're on it. Now it's dead. TikTok at My Life Suckers. Instagram, My Life Suckers. Facebook, My Life Suckers. And of course, my original love, YouTube, My Life Suckers. And I have a blog under the same name. And I just launched davadalporto.com. You're talking about moving on and pivoting. Well, thank you so much, Deva. I hope you guys all go out and follow her and watch all her videos and subscribe to everything she does because Deva is literally one of my most favorite people. I'm going to say this about everybody who comes on the show, but like I really mean it this time. Like Deva is, I love Deva. I love spending time with you, Deva. I think you're so much fun. I wish you were my next door neighbor. And I wish that like our kids could hang out. Even like, I think even like our husbands might like each other a little bit, but you know, we can have fun. Yes. I love you. Thank you for having me on. Thanks for doing this, Deva. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening and subscribing to No Pants Required with Jen Mann. Don't forget to follow me on social media and subscribe to my newsletter at jenmanwrites.com. My newest book, Midlife Bites, Anyone Else Falling Apart or Is It Just Me? will be out in January, but it's available for pre-order everywhere books are sold.